Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, A Healing Journey to Self-Love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. All right, so here's what happened when I tried to steal a cop car. I ineffectively was trying to figure out how to put the car into drive. Right? How so old I'm, were you? I was 15, you know? So you didn't know how to drive? At all? No. <laughs> like, why would I know? <laughs> I'm a city kid too, you know? It's just kind of like, right. well, how do you do this? How do you operate this machinery? And I'm pushing buttons. You know, I, I pulled the little nub of my index finger, fingerless panda glove from Hot Topic that I like trying to <laughs> push the things. And then literally, I'm not kidding. I, you know how in your mind when you have a memory that's like, I don't know, like 20 years old or something, you're trying to remember exactly how it is. In my mind, I've created this epic Scorsese, like slow montage of everything happening in a very slow way. I see the other sirens behind. And then all of a sudden it's like one, two, three cop cars kind of close in. Terrifying. And I'm, I get out like trying to be lie about it oh what just happened like what happened you know that feeling are you guys looking for someone can I help yeah like what's going on like what is happening but man they got out of the cars guns drawn it was like traumatic yeah because then then I realized the severity of oh you guys are pointing those guns at me like but I'm wearing panda gloves like (laughs) This is not happening right now. <laughs> did they take anyway, you in? Yeah, they took me. Yeah, I got arrested. I of got course, arrested. Of I, I they, took me to, they took me to jail. Like they booked me. They scared the shit out of me. And I, I actually, I didn't think that I was leaving at all. I thought that was it. I'm like, wow, this is my life. That's I'll really never scary. forget the booking. The gentleman who was booking me in was basically like, totally sly about it. And he's like, welcome to life in the system. And it just, I think that the reality set in of, wow, like that really landed because I am on the path to this being my life. And then Mm. my dad came and he bailed me out and it was, you know, everything in my power to tell him that I was not trying to steal any, like, I was like, I wasn't trying to steal anything. I wasn't trying to steal a car. I was, I was just playing around. There was, it just, I was in a bad situation. And so I had to go to court. I had to go through the whole thing. I was on probation for like two and a half years. So basically half of my high school life on probation. And, and it was scary because they, you know, in LA, kids like us, like they want you in the system. They're not Mm -hmm. necessarily setting you up for success. 
And I could say that now working with at-risk youth and just obviously growing up in a city, like this is back in the day. I, I don't can't speak to it now, you know, but back in the day, it just wasn't set up for people to get out of the system. I was really lucky. I had a great probation officer. He was like the jam. He definitely wanted to see me succeed. And I had people in my life that were really showing up for me that didn't make me feel like I was a a loser because even some of my own family members were, I was the bad kid. You know, I'd show up at like family gatherings and here, here I am like first gen Mexican American, these people that came to this country and everybody's like hard worker. And I come in as like first gen, I'm hanging out with all the other bad kids and I'm basically just, you know, giving you guys a bad name. So that was really tough. But that's where I found yoga and meditation. And slowly my life started to change, you know, and it took some time, but I started to see the results of, yeah, this is what happens when you actually choose different. Because some people, I think that the nuanced thing for people that grow up like I did, that you think, well, why don't you just make a different choice? Or why don't you just do something else? Like, why can't you just not be a bad kid? But it's really hard when we are a tribal society, right? When you decide to go against kids that you grew up with, what that means, what does that actually mean? I was just having this conversation with my mom the other day, because I'm kind of going through. So I just, I don't know if you know this, if I told you this, but I have a book coming out in February. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, by the way, everybody, <laughs> I am not just talking into the void. We have somebody here right now. <laughs> I'm here. This is I'm what like- happens. Jessica Lanyadu is here. And did I say your name, your last name? I always feel like it's Lanyado. Lanyado. I think the etymology is from Lanyador. Oh, if that yes. helps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's Lanyadu. Lignado. It's not frenetic. It's not English. So I'm never offended when people say it wrong, but Lignado, like Lenya. It's yeah. My father's uh, from Iraq. We're Iraqi Jews, but we're like, fr- like we were in Spain during the Inquisition kind of thing. Okay, you know yes. what I mean? So the name comes from Span. It's, it's the word Ladino from back in the back of the day. Yeah. If that helps. I don't know if that it helps. It does. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to be able to get this right. I actually was thinking about this last night. And we're coming back to your story. Yeah, that's um, fine. But I was thinking about this last night and how important it is to say people's names correctly and how much I don't care if people say my name incorrectly. And there's like a real, I think a very important cultural conversation about getting people's names right. Yes. But as a person with a very difficult to pronounce name who before the internet fully took off, named my website and my brand after my last name, like a genius, <laughs> I really am not particularly invest in people saying my name properly. And I say everyone's names wrong. Like I forget my dear friends' names. I have a weird thing with names. So I'm, I'm really, really chill when people mispronounce my name and they almost exclusively do, even though I say my name on my podcast all the time. And so it just never really bugs me, but I know people really want to get it right, but I just, I don't, do it for you. Don't do it for me because I'm cool. I'm cool with whatever. If you want to say it wrong, my favorite incorrect pronunciation is rhyming it with Xanadu because I love that movie. So Lanadu is kind of funny to me, but um, it's it, none of it's that serious to me. 
You know, it's interesting. I'm the same way. Like I don't, people are always like Acosta, like something, (laughs) how much does something Acosta? And it's actually Acosta. And it's such a like little thing. I never correct people. People do just people say it all the time. But if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. And but that doesn't mean that you have to say it. You know, like it matters more to you. It's important, right? It's this conversation, obviously, like, but we're also two people that have this background, right? That we're like, okay, you know, but I I think it's important for us to be able to have a conversation around. I've had people Mm -hmm. on the podcast before we talk about it. So it's definitely a topic that the listeners are familiar with how to pronounce names and, and I think it's such an important topic. I really do. And I think it's a good cultural shift where we're placing so much emphasis on it. And also I've been in situations where people get defensive on my behalf about others mispronouncing my name. And I just think that this is when we get into sticky territory as a culture where we decide that everyone has to agree. Because I there's a lot of things that I really don't like. That's just not on my personal list. And I think it's it's really valuable to be able to like hear it when people say like, eh, I don't care. Like it's okay to be chill about certain things. In this case, for myself, I'm chill. And it sounds like you are too. Yeah. yeah. We're chill. Too chill. We're chill. We're chill. chill We're chill. And my name is Jessica Lignato. So you don't have to do it again. Boom. There she is. (laughs) She did it. Yeah. She did it. And we're here. And she, this second time on the podcast and the last time we had you on, we had such an incredible response and I listen, you know, to your podcast, so I should know better. You know, your podcast is so good. Like, can we just talk about how good your pod is? Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Thank you. I'm, I love making the podcast. Like I love it so much. So I'm glad that you like it and that people like it. Yeah. So I was compelled to have Jessica on the show because Number one, she's uh, an incredible human being and she is probably one of the most insightful. Why do I want to call you a spiritual leader? Because I feel like you are. Thank you. She's such an inspiring, insightful female leader in the space of spirituality. And thank you. I, and I want to just, I wanted to have a a conversation with you. Just wanted to, I just wanted to actually chat with you. And I'm like, Great. let's record a podcast. Let's do it. Let's make it into content. <laughs> I'm into but it. So, you know, the last time you were on, we were, it was so funny because energetically, I think, and astrologically, we're going through this really big transition. And I'm feeling like this year, and don't worry, guys, I will go back and finish my story. You better. Don't worry. You better. Um, I'm invested. But I think, we're going just energy wise. It feels like after the last year and a half, I also want to hear how the last year and a half has been for you, but it just really seems to me that we're getting ready to go into this big transition coming up. I just feel it in my body. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm excited. Dare I say excited? I'm feeling very optimistic these days. I'm feeling really grounded in my home. Mm. And I am curious for you. Yeah. What's been going on? Like, how have you been dealing with the world at large? Yeah. 
it's been a really difficult time for me. 2021 was a lot, has been harder than 2020 for a variety of reasons. And, you know, as a medium, the pandemic has been especially difficult because there's so many dead people and so many of them died alone. It's a rough way to go, this pandemic. So it's been a very unique, hopefully once in a lifetime, (laughs) terrible experience. And I don't really feel like it was easier seeing the pandemic coming. It didn't make it easier. So yeah, I, I look at the world, you know, and I, I am not an optimist, so I don't want to murder any boners you may be experiencing, but I am not as optimistic as you are about the future. I'm actually deeply concerned about what comes next, you know, which you could hear me say any given day of any given year, probably because I'm a triple Capricorn. So there's, there's the, like the energies we're stepping into. And then there's like what I've been going through. And I don't, I don't know if I was too vague about what I've been going through, but in 2021, there's a lot of scattered energy as there's this like push to go back to normal, whatever the fuck normal is. Right. And things aren't normal because we're very much in a global pandemic. And, uh, you know, so many people are sick and so many people are dying. And it is, for me, as a medium, as an empath, as an astrologer, very distressing how impatient everyone is to get back to normal. I have a lot of empathy for it. I get it. But if we're in this together, how could we go back to normal is kind of my feeling. So you know, I feel like in 2020 and really throughout the Trump administration, there was so much focus, you know, people were like, okay, we have differences. Fuck it. Let's get together. Let's work it out. We need to learn something new. We need to mobilize. We need to make something happen. And in 2021, everyone's just like, peace out. Like I'm just, I'm burnt out and Biden's there. So it's, eh. and, uh, you know, we have a vaccine. So, eh. and, I feel like there's like a a lot of psychological pressure that has been placed on humans this Mm. year and the morphic field of it, if I may speak in woo, the morphic field of it is, is quite difficult. I think it's quite difficult. And I have, you know, and, and that is not speaking to anything else, including, but, you know, notable mention is the climate crisis. So yeah, all of that said, The Pluto return of the United States is happening very soon in 2022. And that's not what someone may characterize as good or chill. Okay. No. And so a lot of the political unrest, the problems we're seeing with the gerrymandering and, you know, the kind of like, if the Republicans continue, watch me go political. Sorry, we're going. If the Republicans continue to be able to effectively gerrymander in the way they're doing, then it doesn't matter who votes. You know, it's, it becomes rigged. The whole, the Pluto return of the United States, if, if, you know, you or your listeners haven't heard of it, is essentially like the referendum on the great American experiment. You know, this is an experiment. Yeah. And how is it working? I think that we're, we have been in the last two years really dealing with a lot of consequences and a lot of collective awareness around how it isn't working and and how it is, but a lot of how it isn't working. And so I think we're going to have to, we're going to be confronted by it. And there's a lot of ways it can go. None of them are chill and none of them are easy. And so I worry, I worry, but Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this, and then I will gracefully shut up or not gracefully shut up before the pandemic hit. So in 2019, 2018, a lot of spiritual people I spoke with, a lot of astrologers, 
I was like, oh no, oh no, it's coming. It's going to be terrible. And a lot of people were like, it's going to be an awakening. We need to be, we need things to be shaken up. This is really great. And then from a spiritual perspective, they weren't wrong, but from like a human perspective, yeah, I wouldn't call 2020 or 20, you know, these years like an awakening in the way that I would want. Aquarius. No, no, no. So I think a little bit more of that is happening. And I think a lot of empathetic and spiritual people who are feeling like, oh, something really big is coming and it's going to be an opening aren't wrong. But I don't know how that shakes down to human experience. I don't know that it's going to shake down quite in a lovely way. Wow. That is unfortunate for somebody. <laughs> Sorry, like you asked me, me that straight up. It's <laughs> well, terrible. And, and I was kind of banking on the fact that you were like, I don't have next year's available right now. And I'm like, oh man, here <laughs> no, we go. Here we go. Sorry. How can we prepare when we know things like energetically? I mean, it's, it's such a hard, yeah, this whole, well, I'll let me er, rewind the tape a little bit, address the let's get back to normal thing. What is normal? What are you guys wanting to get back to? Because, you know, life changes. Like the only thing constant in life is change and impermanence. Like everything is impermanent. Nothing is going to last forever. We have to be a part of our human experience. Our soul contract here is to be in this experience and to be fully immersed in this experience. So yeah, so that's one thing. And then second is, I saw this meme that Ryan Holiday posted uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks, a couple weeks ago. And it was basically the top half was this hellfire. The city was like on fire and it was basically like the earth. And then the bottom half was Will Ferrell, like with his hand next to his mouth, like yelling. And it said authors trying to sell books. So it, it was just, it was kind of a funny juxtaposition that, it just reminded me of, well, we have to be able to make the world go round, right? But at the we same have to live. time, yeah, we have to live. And how do we continue to live and have a level of integrity that is in alignment with what is happening out in the world and recognizing that, yes, a lot of people are suffering and there are things that are going to require our attention that we need to be involved in. You know, I know a lot of people that just want to bury their head in the sand and be like, if I just stay positive and don't focus on the negative, everything's going to go away. And it's like, how'd that work out for you in 2020? Mm -hmm. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only people who can get away with that are deeply disassociative or, you know, wealthy and white. And I think the answer to the real question uh, that you're asking is, Some of it is cultivating emotional intelligence so that we have the capacity to stay present when things are hard because shit gets hard. And when we only have spiritual intelligence or cognitive intelligence and not emotional intelligence, then we disassociate or we analyze things into something we know how to tolerate emotionally. So the key is emotional intelligence and that's a practice. And I think the other thing is For spiritual and empathetic people, I know it's very normal to not consume news. And I am passionately opposed to it. I know a lot of empaths and they're all like, I'm too sensitive for the news. And I just feel like, 
why do you think the universe gave you these sensitivities so you could disassociate from the world? No, sir. It's so that you could be associated. You're feeling the world. So what are you going to do with that? And it might be that your calling is to read the news, know what's happening, and then run energy to a place. It may mean, you know, signal boosting things. It may mean activism in a more kind of traditional sense. It can mean so many different things. In every social movement across the globe, there are always spiritual helpers and spiritual workers behind the scenes. And some of that is well-documented and some of it isn't. But there's room for us all to participate based on our nature and within our resources. But it takes again, a willingness to do it and the emotional intelligence enough to be like, I can't do it today, but to not always tap out and then tap back in and then tap out and then tap back in. It's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like this. I like this because it is encouraging everything that you're going to say. I'm like, okay, this is positive. This is good. (laughs) This, this is giving me courage. Okay. I think it's, what, what's been your feeling over the last year and a half with the bad press that the spiritual world or the spiritual sector has received because mm. of the political tones over mm. the last? I first will say that I'm looking at my window and there's a tiny hummingbird just sitting on the plum tree. It's adorable. And I feel like that's a great, a great magical moment. We have so many hummingbirds here. This is a hummingbird sanctuary. That's so nice. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Love. I feel like it's saying a lot of good things about us, but um, I think it's good. Honestly, I think it's good because, and this may piss off you or your, I don't think it'll piss you off, but it could piss off listeners. But I think that QAnon is incredibly dangerous. And I think that there's a great deal of con spirituality and radical far right propaganda has absolutely very intentionally been infiltrated into far left leaning spirituality. And it's incredibly destructive. And it's happening and it's happening through the internet and it's happening through a pandemic and it's happening when people are desperate for answers and desperate for meaning and desperate for community. And con spirituality is a real thing. And I do think that um, the spiritual community, as if there was one, because there's many, right, does deserve criticism because we have a responsibility to be civically, politically, socially minded, to take responsibility for the power of our actions and our words and what we choose to ignore. And I think that stuff is really very important. So I'm actually glad for it. And you have to keep in mind, I started my private practice in the mid nineties. So the criticism of the wellness world in 2021, it's nothing as much as it was for the bulk of my career. You know, I think this is finally well-founded. It's like somewhat informed criticisms as opposed to like astrology's madness, you know, which is what a lot of it was before. I think constructive criticism is really important and valuable. Yes, I totally 100% agree. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows what our ethos is around radical love. So I would hope that nobody comes for you or us for having this conversation, because if that's the case, then the operation is happening from not a radically loved space. Again, that's my opinion. And I'm allowed to have one as are you, as is everybody else. Indeed. You do not have the right or permission to flood our inbox. That's what you do not have. That's nice. I like that boundary. I mean, (laughs) I will say that a lot of the QAnon stuff 
is really netted. I mean, there's certainly people in the wellness space who are into QAnon, who are just like happy to have an excuse to be racist and anti-science, et cetera. But I think a lot of it is actually about disinformation. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of empathy for people who believe that they're consuming the truth when in fact, it's just like confirmation bias drama for your inbox. It's like outrage porn. And I think this issue is really important, not just around spirituality, but around the news, et cetera. We need to be able to talk about how to be critical thinkers and what's the difference between disinformation and misinformation and misunderstandings. How do you determine what's real and what's not real, especially with woo? It's very hard to know, you know? Very so I, I, It is, it is. And it's not like you learn it and it's done. You have to stay vigilant and active. And, you know, to me, that's what spirituality is. But for a lot of people, they want spirituality to be like, the vacation from the difficulties of life. And that's what drugs are for. That's not spirituality. (laughs) Is that wrong to say? No, that is the best definition and best explanation (laughs) I've heard to date. Okay, great. Well, thank you. It was just uh, for the moment, you know, spontaneous. If you're looking for something really beautiful to adorn yourself with, check out Orate. Orate's gold feels substantial and the diamonds sparkle and shine such high quality and they're so beautiful. All Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. Because Orate sells direct to you without the middleman markup, they offer the same quality as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. Here's why I love Orate. They're ethically sourced and sustainably made. Their gold is never mined and their gemstones and diamonds are also certified conflict-free. And the best part is that Orate was started by two friends during brunch when one of them got a green finger from an overpriced ring, which sparked the conversation about how they were fed up with the traditional jewelry market. I love adorning myself with jewelry and it drives me just bananas to know that there are companies out there that just are insanely overpriced. Because I wanted to support Orate, I went ahead and gave myself the holiday gift of the diamond bezel evil eye ring because I'm old school and my little abuelita would always tell me that the evil eye will always keep negative people away and so far, so good. Plus, I'm all about supporting women-owned businesses. So for 20% off of your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com forward slash loved and use the promo code loved. That's 20% off with no minimum spend and they rarely have discounts as high as 20% off. So take advantage of this offer now for your holiday shopping. This is the best offer out there and it's exclusively for the Radically Loved listeners. Make sure you order your Orate pieces before December 20th if you want them under the tree in time for Christmas. Go to A-U-R-A-T-E New York.com forward slash loved and use the promo code LOVED to get 20% off. That was good. I, I, I'm on board with you 100%. I think that our conversations, it's hard to have a full conversation to such a nuanced topic with 140 characters or a picture and then the comment section. I mean, I also believe that these conversations, especially when it's conversations that you have with, say, a loved one, 
to have these conversations in person or hear them talk to you in real time as opposed to I posted something now my aunt's going to be irritated at me or whatever whatever may happen with the information that you're trying to put out into the world it just seems like everything is confirmation bias these days like every single thing I was joking with Tori my partner the other day because he had said something and we were kind of just having this conversation of a disagreement that we had. And I'm like, well, it really is subject to belief. Like if I believe that this is yellow and not orange, that's what I believe. And he was, you know, trying to argue. He's like, yeah, but you clearly see that's orange. And I'm like, it's actually yellow. You know, and I kind of just dug my heels in just to piss him off. But he was visually getting agitated and he's just like, no, but like, can you just say that it's orange? And I'm like, what happens in your body if I'm not validating your truth? And I therapied him for that second because I was like, what happens? And he goes, I feel like you're just trying to upset me. And essentially the root was I'm not being seen. That's what he Mm. was saying. He's like, I'm not being seen. I'm not being validated. And so I stopped and I said, I see you and I validate you. And, you know, I'm not trying to upset you. You know, I clearly see that it's orange, but I just wanted to see your reaction because I feel like that's so much of what's happening with these disagreements. It's like, we're not saying what is actually happening to me when you tell me, like, if I'm a QAnon person and you say, oh, you're a racist. And I'm like, I'm not a racist. Like, I just believe that Democrats eat children. Like, there's a difference. I am. That doesn't mean I'm a racist. And and truth be told, yeah, that does not connotate that you're a racist. I totally agree with that. Again, nuanced. But it is a very hard conversation to get into with certain people that just have no space for your truth. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I actually, I talked to Abby Richardson, who's a researcher and like a big TikToker on my podcast about QAnon. We had a really great long conversation while there were protests outside of her house, anti-mask protests from QAnon followers. And it was a really... It was a really great conversation. She puts out great stuff on this topic. And I think for people who do have Q followers or people who are being indoctrinated into disinformation in whatever way, I think the way to have conversations with people in your real life is to talk about how do you think about the information you're getting? Like, where do you get your information? You know, me personally, I have multiple news sources pulled up on my computer at all times. And when I see a story that really like sparks emotion in me, I look for it on a different news source because I want to see what the reporting is. Because whenever news evokes an emotion, we're not in our logic, we're in our emotion. That's cool. That's great. But before I make a decision about what all of it means, I want more information that's more factual. And not everybody has the energy to be like looking at five fucking news sources a day. But I think that being able to talk to people in your life about like, okay, well, where are you coming from? Like, why do you think this is yellow? Where, how, what do you think of color? Like, is, is color like a feeling to you? Is color like something physical? Like mm-hmm. actually investigating 
the source of it. Because if he had asked you those questions, maybe you would have just started laughing and moved on with your life or not. But I think what happens is we get so fixated on like coming to a solution in a conversation that we actually inhibit real listening and real sharing. Mm -hmm. And that's what conversations really are meant to be. So it's a process and it's a process of learning as much as it is a process of unlearning. Yes. Well, it it's such a great point because for some of us, our instinct might be, oh, you're a Republican. Your opinion doesn't matter. Or, oh, you're a Democrat. Your opinion doesn't matter. Like I'm shutting you down. Anything that you're going to say at this point, it's like irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You're shutting off the opportunity and the ability to have a conversation And I really think that this is, you know, the reason why everything is so political now, because that's just what Facebook has done. No, it's just what it, what has happened. You know, it's the world at large. And I don't know that we can go back to the days where we're not having these conversations. I just fear that we don't have the vernacular to fully express our feelings. And with what you're saying, you're absolutely right. Instead of coming at it from this place of how does this make me feel? Or what do you believe about this? You are inciting a deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people aren't used to having deep conversations. And I mean, you or I, we can go deep. We can, we can have these deep conversations. We can go esoteric. We can come back to this world, you know? And I think that's not the general pop, you know? But it could be. I'm not an optimist. I really like, I'm a card carrying pessimist, but I do. I have a card in my wallet that says, please don't ask me that if I'm having a good day. No, I'm not. I refuse. But I do think it's possible. And I think it's possible because life is easier that way. And it seems harder in the immediate moment. But in reality, not focusing on the trigger point in a conversation, but instead in like, you know, you seem upset. Like, can we just like talk about like, are are you upset with me? Are you just like frustrated with this topic? Like just actually speaking to the thing that you're actually responding to instead of the topic, the truth under the matter, like the truth of the matter or under the surface, Mm -hmm. that's where we can actually make progress with people in our lives because you know, you choose your friends, you don't choose your family. You know, you choose your friends, you don't choose your in-laws. There's going to be people in our lives where we just disagree with them. And some of those differences are so fundamental that they need to be addressed. And some of them just need to be addressed because fucking life. And, you know, I think we need different approaches for different situations, but having conversations about how to have hard conversations, that is really important. And if I was to tell you, no, I told you that I hadn't looked at the astrology of next year because I haven't in an in-depth way, but I'm an astrologer. So of course I have. And this theme of the frustration that emerges when you're not sure of what's real and you're not feeling that someone else, whether it's a person, a government, a job is validating your reality. This shit's going to continue into the autumn of 2022. So, you know, that's just what it is. And we on the negative are going to continue to feel this like schism. And on the positive, we have more time to learn these lessons. You know, Mm -hmm. this time has been carved out for learning these lessons and, uh, you know, hard way, easy way, doesn't matter to the universe, just learn it. So again, pessimistic, but still. (laughs) No, we like it. It's, it's, it's good. (laughs) You know, I, I love to have the balance because I can go either way, depending on the day. 
you know, one day I'm like, life, it's amazing. This is great. You know, great things are happening. Beautiful things are happening. And then I'm like, wow, really? Is this happening again? Oh, okay. We are still repeating that same lesson. How is that possible? I was uh, watching this uh, during 9-11, you know, they have all these documentaries and stuff on Nat Geo and they were, you know, doing all these, yeah, different types of documentaries. And I started to watch this documentary on World War II. And, you know, I was like, wow, we, so many things. I feel like we've gone through this before. How are we still having these same issues now in our modern day? Did we not learn from before what happens when we have this hate and this division of peoples? It just feels counterintuitive but you know it was the same astrology the uranus yeah the placements of uranus and neptune during world war ii are reoccurring now and will continue to for several more years so you're not the only person who's noticed the connections and the similarities what's happening domestically and internationally uh really around the world and it's in my view, yes, we did learn. But when you say we, it's those who are greedy for power, those who are fascistic in nature. They learned a lot. They took notes. They read the books and they're going to work. And what it tests of us as a populace, you know, across nations is what do we value? Who do we value? Because, you know, for instance, in World War II, just to speak of what I think is one of the lighter topics is, you know, men went to war and women got to work and then men came back and women weren't supposed to work anymore. So we got a taste of freedom. We got a taste of financial autonomy. And then it was like, okay, go back home and cook and clean. And it didn't go all the way back, right? Things Mm -hmm. changed. And it's because women were valued in society in a new way because of necessity, right? And that's a very, I feel like a light, it's not a light topic, but compared to all the other things that happened during World War II. And I think, what the Uranus in Taurus transit really challenges us to learn is about what we value and who we value. And, you know, we see this reiterated in so many ways. And unfortunately, the kind of overlap of this theme and war and the rise of fascism globally tells you a a lot about human nature. And I think that, you know, there's like a percentage and I can't remember what it is. They've done studies to say like a certain percentage of the population will always agree with the fascist. There's just certain people who are inclined to be like, you're a bully, you're mean, you care for no one but yourself. I like you. That's strength. You know, there's just certain people who are wired that way. And, you know, as we are spiritual people, it's important to remember that's a trauma response. And even though those people maybe are enemies in practical terms, they deserve empathy in spiritual ones. But yeah, this shit that's going on and that is still yet to come will challenge us to live in a way that reflects our values and not just our ideals as spiritual people, but our values in the here and now. And this is again, where it comes back to, for me, politics and social justice, being spiritual matters. And to be a truly spiritual person, it's hard to be divorced from those things. And, you know, not everything for all people at all moments, but broadly speaking, as stand by statements. Yes, I love. And it's a great way to, yeah, feel empowered with what's happening. It's like, what are you going to do with, what are you doing with the information? What are you doing with the reality of the world? Are you going to just continue to pretend like it's not happening? It is. It's that saying, if, if you don't bend, life will bend you. Mm, I've never heard that, but yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just part of our path, right? I mean, that's what yeah. we're here. I mean, it doesn't matter how much we practice being spiritual at the end of the day, we, we can't just go live in a cave somewhere and pretend like everything is at times not falling apart because it is, you know? I think that there's like a certain kind of manifestation girl who has the belief in, I feel like many of her live in LA, but not all. It's it's a thing. It's a manifestation girl that feels that if I'm pulling in negative thoughts, if I'm learning about negative things, then I'm essentially consenting to it. And that I don't want negative things in my sphere. I only want positive things. And I I, want to like be a glowing person. And therefore I can go ahead and ignore these bad things and and these these pain points. And it's a gross misuse of privilege. It's a gross misuse. It's a misunderstanding of spiritual concepts. If we cannot stay aligned with the positive or the constructive while we are in the reality of all sorts of terrible things, then we have more spiritual work to do. You know, there's, you know, Ama, the the hugging guru. She she has a quote that I will paraphrase that she essentially says that her love is like a river and you can spit in the river and you can throw trash in the river and the river flows just the same. And for me, this concept is central to spirituality. It's about being an activated, present, kind person, not because exclusively of the results, but because it's the way to be, because it's the right way to be. And I think when we're only willing to do positive vibes only, that means our river only flows in certain conditions. And that's a problem, you know, because nobody's life is completely positive all the time. It's just not the human condition, you know? Again, very Capricorn-y, what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm like choking right now. That's uh, no, it's good. You know, I was trying to just keep the vibes up, you know, but you just came in and Capricorned us. And yeah, that's what I do. That is a, that serves as a lesson to everybody. It's like knowing that for me personally, that doesn't, that's not going to stop me from living my life and still trying to feel good and actively trying to continue to do the work that I'm doing in the world. But it's important for us to just be fully awake. And sometimes being fully awake means seeing the ugly side of situations, life that doesn't feel good. And that's okay. It's just part of life. You know, we can't feel good 100% of the time. It's just not sustainable, you know? Not if you care about the world, not if you are consuming any kind of news, right? It's just not, it's not possible. And again, I know a lot of a lot of spiritual people don't consume news, but I would like to end that trend. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I I definitely <laughs> I try my best to do this same type of thing. I usually get my news from Tori because he's like you. He's a Sagittarius, but he goes in and he's doing the five different news news sources and being an anytime he hears somebody say something, he's like, Oh, let me go actually look into this. I like that too. See, a lot of dudes do that and not enough women do that. And Mm -hmm. I, again, this is why I'm constantly talking about this because of course my audience is primarily women. I don't know if yours is as well. I I, I kind of assumed, Mm -hmm. but I feel like women, we tend to be so overwhelmed with day-to-day life. That's part of it. But I also think there's a lot of social permission for us 
to let the men handle it, not really worry ourselves. And this is not a conscious intention. It's a cultural heritage. Newspapers and journalism was not for women until just a few decades ago, right? And we have to keep in mind the very recent history of women's sovereignty, essentially. So I think it's really important that women are informed and that we are loud about the world and the news and and that we, you know, I think it's great, you know, if you're relying on your boyfriend, that's wonderful. And also it's really important to not only rely on others for this stuff because it is literally impossible to read a news article or watch a video or whatever the fuck it is, podcast, and then describe it to someone that you're friends with or partnered with and not put your own spin on it. It is not Mm. possible. Like you are going to give it your emotional spin. So it's really a valuable tool to figure out how you translate things. Like, again, you know, do you read something terrible and then translate it into something worse or something better? Or do you just sit with the data? It's, I don't know, it's just really important to know about yourself, I think. But obviously I got opinions, you know, girl. Yeah, I mean, no, I I love it. I think it's great. You know, I've got my two little news sources that I read in the morning and that's as far as I go, you know, and I I do like the idea of hearing other people's voice. And for me, this is where my little preferences come in. I tend to find female journalists and, you know, like kind of go that way. It's like, oh, who wrote this? Oh, he sounds like a nice gentleman. Let me go see yeah. who else is writing about this female. Okay. What has she got to say? You know? Yeah. And, but that's just my preference. I try and hire it's a female for, for everything I do. It's you know? a great preference. I love following uh, female journalists on Twitter as well, because for all the obvious reasons, but I also, I just recently mentioned this on my podcast and I'm going to repeat it here, which is if people are listening and they're like, who has the fucking time? I have the inclination, but not the time. I think just get a few friends who are your news buddies and just be like, okay, you're going to read, you know, this, I'm going to read that. You're going to read this, or I'm going to like be the the friend who stays up on COVID news. And you're going to be the friend who stays up on like whatever the fuck else. And you just share it. So you're kind of like crowdsourcing this difficult thing with your community of friends and you can do a Slack, you can just talk on the phone with people, whatever works. But I think whatever strategies we can come up with to be informed, stay informed, to be not just empathetic on a spiritual level, but to have the empathy translate to action and civic engagement, that's what will make this Pluto return ideal. Oof. She said (laughs) ideal. Best case scenario, best case yeah, scenario. Best case scenario, yeah. which we so appreciate. I <laughs> would love to just keep you here forever and chat with you. And let me put a little bow tie on that last story. Please. I'm not going to forget. So the conversation with my mother went like this. I was explaining to her because it would drive her crazy that I would wear black all the time, all day, all night, black nail polish, like black docks, the whole experience. And it really upset her and she just didn't understand it. She just hated it, you know? And I finally had this conversation with her when I saw her recently. And I said, do you know why I dress like that? And she was like, because you wanted to upset me. And I was like, no, that had nothing to do with upsetting you. It had to do with, we are living in an area and I'm going to school where colors can get you killed. (laughs) Wearing the wrong shade of something can potentially cause an issue as I'm walking home Mm. through two rival gang 
areas. So my solution, go goth. You know, Such a good solution. Why not? Such a good solution. Did she, was she like, oh shit? Exactly. Yes, she definitely was. And I saw her take it in and she's like, oh, like I never, I never knew. I write about it in the book. You know, that mm-hmm. I'm kind of, mom, I know you're listening to this because you listen to my podcast. I love you. I'm little by little kind of revealing certain things so that by the time the book comes out, she's like, oh, okay. I knew, I know you wrote all that stuff, you know, <laughs> but I'm trying to sort of put little things in there because still I, I, my parents are very old school, you know, they're very much from this idea of why are you sharing your business with the world? Like, why are you telling people you got arrested? Like what? Because they see it as a reflection yeah. on them I and think- they're both you know, they're both very proud, you know, but I, and they're very, like, very much about you share your truth. Like that is great. But I think that there's still a little bit of this, like, 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 did I do something wrong? Oh yeah, that's intense. And also I think it, I think it's also cultural and lots of levels, including just their generation, right? It's, are you millennial? Yes. Yeah. Cause I feel like millennials are really big on like personal sharing in public like the boomers and yeah, the generations in between, not as, not as much. There's just like, I think it's to do with media. I think it's to do with like, you guys are like the, the internet generation, the first one. And I think it's, I mean, I have astrological theories about it as well, but I think there's lots of levels to it, but I, I just love that story because it also just highlights, like, if you guys have been able to have just an authentically inquisitive conversation at the time, how much less stress would she have had or, and you have had, like, it just kind of comes back to our our conversation about like how to have a conversation when you're triggered by someone. It's, it's about being authentically interested in the other person and where they're coming from. And it's the last thing we do when people are pissing us off or hurting our feelings. Yes. Yes. Oh, so true. And, and it's also even my favorite word of the podcast, right? Is the nuanced. Yes. So it's, it was also very, deliberate decision for me because I also, I think about it. Yeah. It would have been less stress, but at the same time, would it have given her more stress to know that? Do you well, know what I mean? Right. It's like pick your poison at this yeah. point, right? It's like you're splitting hazards. What is it yeah. that? Yeah. That, it's that's like the real. thought of having her think, Oh, Oh no. Like what, how do I now I have to worry about this? Was she not aware of what was happening in the area at the time? She, she knew, but I don't, I don't know that she had the bandwidth as yeah. a single parent to worry about. I had an older sister. I had a brand new baby sister. Oh, wow. So I was 15 when my little sister was born. So my mom was yet 15 years later, a new mom working graveyard shift at a hospital. My older sister was just first year in college. I it was see. just like a lot Chaos. of stuff for her. And so it felt very... It felt like at the time, even though I say it now and it, it's like, it felt like an innocuous thing to me. Like yeah. you, can, you can be irritated that I'm wearing whatever I'm wearing, at least just know that I'm safer this way than mm-hmm. the other way, you know? So anyway. That's intense. I will say as an aside that the whole time you were describing your adventure in the police car and pressing buttons, I'm visualizing and I don't know if you know the show uh Night Rider. Yes. Okay. So I'm visualizing you pressing buttons in kit 
And oh anyone God. who hasn't the seen car. this, just go to YouTube. It's a talking car. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a remarkable bit of cinematography uh, and storytelling. Yes. But I was, I can't help but picture you like in Kitsch and with that music. Do you remember the like yeah. theme music? Oh, oh, yeah. So when you're making a movie version of your book, I just want you to remember that that should be the background music. Okay. I would like your police car to have some kit vibes if possible. Because <laughs> I was just like, you, you were like talking about buttons you know, and I just, it's just kit to me. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Sure. Great. I will remember that. Thank you. Thank you. uh, I know I'm I'm outing my age, but I'm happy to do it. (laughs) I love it. Happy to do it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Please come back again. I just feel like, why is it ever over? I know. You know what? You're the only, I mean, I was going to say this, but I don't want to like insult any of the other guests, (laughs) but definitely you're at the top, girl. I mean, like, thank you. So I top. love getting talk to talk to you. To you. Yeah. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, so much, so much for having me. And also, if someone's listening and not watching, it's important that they know that you have the biggest piece of amethyst I've ever seen <laughs> behind oh, you. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yes. Thank you. Amazing. Uh huh. Yeah. Does please watch already the know video that? just for that. It's, it's massive. I have, I have another one. Do you ever one. hug it? Oh, I touch her. She gets loved. She gets saged and Palo Santoed. She gets loved on all the time. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. She doesn't um, look like a penis at all. I actually kind of like that. It almost So when it's turned a little bit more towards you, it looks like a middle finger emoji. Oh, that's fun. So that was kind yeah, of like... Six, one, half dozen of the other little, yeah. little, yeah, it's a little, Definitely. little Saturn vibes. Definitely looks like a penis with a little bit of the test. Like a hard under. ball. Yeah. A hard ball sack. Uh, is yeah. that too much? Have we crossed the line? Not, not here. No. Okay. Not well, I mean, me. it is an amethyst. We're just talking, we're just looking at clouds and talking about what they're shaped like at this I point. I mean, that's, that's all there is. That's Where there can is. people go for more information to learn more about you? You guys, please, if you haven't listened to Ghost of a Podcast, it's so good. She's an incredible podcaster, incredible spiritual leader, like all of the things. You Thank heard you. it here. She is... <laughs> somebody of note that you have to follow and it just there's nobody in this space that is actually as real and as authentic as she is when we're talking about people in this space I really I really gravitate towards people who are the real deal and you really are so thank Thank you for that I I was I don't know. Like it's like a cat move, but I just was like, oh, that's so sweet. It's just so kind. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So yeah, you people can listen to Ghost of a Podcast wherever podcasts are heard. Also, I have a weekly horoscope if you're into astrology, which why wouldn't you be exactly? And I do lots of things. I have a book called Astrology for Real Relationships. It's about relationships and astrology, if you didn't get that from the title. I have a free app for iOS. It's called Tiny Spark. And it's basically like a magic eight ball with sass. And if you're like an astrology student and you're like, uh, you know, or an astrologer, you can get my um, web-based app called Astrology for Days. And it's a transit tracker tool. So I basically do hella shit. Just check me out. Oh, the last thing I should say, which I don't know, some people find creepy, but I am obsessed with. On my Instagram feed, I drop videos where I am 
um, various planets. And I describe the transits as the planets. And I'm not trying to say that they're amazing, but they are. Um, they make me laugh so much. So, uh, you know, if you want to see an astrologer being a total nerd, you can just go there and it's free. We will put all of those links that Jessica just mentioned now in the description or the info button. If you're listening, go to the info button. If you're watching the video, they'll be down at the description. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask the final question and it's pertaining to the podcast. The whole idea of radically loved is that we believe we are radically loved and supported by God, universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding. The final question to you is how do you feel radically loved? Great question. And the answer that just popped into my my noodle was my vagus nerve, who I've named Viva Las Vegas. Um, it's a play. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Oh man. Because nice. my biggest nerve, I mean, I'm like a carnival 24-7 in my brains. So I just <laughs> it's a good name for it, right? Great, you know. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So I, I thought about my Vegas nerve because I've I've tested her. I've made her work so hard for her very existence. And I just feel like my Vegas nerve is an ally and a resource that I am just now in 2021 for the first time in my life starting to really appreciate and work with and and treat with the reverence uh, she deserves. So Viva Las Vegas is my answer. (laughs) That has to be the most creative answer I've ever heard in 400 episodes. 400 episodes. Congratulations. And also, we're in the the late 300s, but by the time people are listening right. to this, we'll it's be in 400. Be yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That's truly amazing. Congratulations. Thank and also, you. thank you. It just came to me spontaneously. Although I have named her Viva Las Vegas, I mean, a while ago, but I've never said it out loud in public before. So you heard wow. it here first. First, Wow. Yeah. We yeah. love the exclusive. <laughs> okay, thank you, you so it. much. Please thank come you. back and see us. Everybody... Uh, listening to this. No, go ahead. I just cut you off. No, no. I was going to say, I'll come back tomorrow. I mean, stupid. You can cut me off. Yeah. Let's talk tomorrow. Uh, Do this all day. I know me too. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you're the best. No, you're the best. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with anybody who you think would get value or needs to hear some words of inspiration or just maybe needs to be a little bit brought back down to reality um we right (laughs) like yes Uh, thank you all so much and we'll be back next week thank you so much for listening to the radically loved podcast please remember to subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on facebook at radically loved rosie on instagram at rosie acosta and twitter at rosie acosta By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.